This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode number 98. This episode is brought to you by the Tuttle Twins. If you want to teach your kids about topics like economics, government, civics, and entrepreneurship, but you don't want to bore them with like a textbook and just dry material, then you definitely should check out the Tuttle Twins books. My kids absolutely love them. They're open and go. They create great conversations in your home and they're really well illustrated. They're fun books all around and the topics they cover are super important. So if you want to learn more, go to 411 more.com forward slash Tuttle Twins. Welcome to episode number 98, where we are jumping into the topic of simplifying your homeschool. It's still kind of the beginning of the year. We're almost into February here, but you know, we're still thinking about, okay, what needs change this year and how can I simplify, right? Because a lot of times after we put the Christmas decorations away, we start to feel like, oh, I like my house with stuff cleaned up. I like all the decorations put away and I kind of need to simplify my homeschool because maybe things have gotten out of control. And we're going to talk about four main areas where you might want to simplify your homeschool. So you can find the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 98. And so let's jump into these four areas. The first way you can simplify your homeschool is to switch over to uh, what I could call do the next thing style or open and go, right? So if you are drowning in teacher's manuals and all your kids have different subjects that you have to look up what they do every day and they have to wait for you to give them specific instruction and you're just spending every evening with a lesson planner book and you're trying to figure out what pages of math every kid needs to do tomorrow. If you are spending your time like that, you probably need to really take notice of this point and see what you can do to switch it. You need a style that is just open and go or do the next thing. So this might take switching curriculum. Now I know not everyone can switch curriculum mid-year. Maybe you're going to have to make a note of this. And when you shop for curriculum this spring or this summer for the For the fall, you're going to want to switch curriculum publishers or your style of homeschooling. You're going to want to find stuff that's open and go. Because if you, if it's just totally reliant on you and you're instructing, you're teaching all these kids and planning and just going crazy with that kind of chaos, Mm -hmm. you will really love an open and go style. So what does that mean? I have five kids and I have never sat down with each one in a teacher planning book and instructed them. A lot of teacher planning books that are really chaotic are written for classroom teachers anyway. And when you're only teaching your one child, you don't you don't need to teach like you're teaching a classroom of 30. So 
Um, For example, we've used writing with skill with really great success in upper elementary and middle school for teaching writing. This curriculum is written for homeschoolers, so it's written to your child, and it spells out the day, what the steps are for the assignment. It tells them when to check with their teacher. And so I do have a teacher's book, but I don't sit there and lesson plan and work through a whole lesson. They're really independent, but... It's open and go. We get done a certain amount of pages or a certain amount of tasks, or we get done that day's assignment. Then we stick a little bookmark in the page, and then the next day they just pick up where they left off. That way, what if the next day you have a doctor's appointment and you just don't have time to get to all your subjects? Well, maybe we skip writing with skill that day. It's okay. I don't have to change anything in my teacher planning book because the very next day we do school, we just pick up where we left off. So you need to find curriculum where it's not reliant on these super elaborate plans from you. It's just do the next thing. Do the next thing. Let's cover our subjects today. Let's cover math and reading and phonics and spelling and history and science maybe, right? But everything is just do the next thing. And you shouldn't have complicating, uh, complicated um, instructions that you have to follow each day. So that's one way to simplify your homeschool. Either do it now at the change of the semester. Go ahead and ditch that curriculum and do a different one if you can. If you can swing it, I know sometimes you can't because it's finances and that kind of thing, but definitely make a note for next year to switch to an open and go or do the next thing kind of style. The next way you can simplify your homeschool, if you're drowning in piles of paperwork, is to come up with systems for completed work or start working on keeping portfolios. Now, some of you are in states where you have to keep a portfolio for your your state's evaluation of your homeschool. Just every state has different homeschool laws. So you might already be doing this, or maybe you're not doing it quite so well, but now's a great time in the year to come up with systems. So especially if you have more than one kid, how are you keeping track of their completed work? Where are they putting their papers? Do they know what to do with it when they're done? Are you just making a pile? Like, are you filing it? It, There's no one way to do this. I have one drawer that my seven-year-old just literally throws all her completed papers in there, and it is a big mess. But at the end of the year, I can gather it all, save it for whatever I need to save, and toss the rest. I know where it is. My older kids are more organized. In high school, they have three-ring binders and you know, behind every different subject, they will keep their tests or their math work or, you know, paperwork pertaining to that subject. So come up with systems for completed work so that you don't have to be aggravated about papers lying everywhere. Now, here's another thing I see homeschool moms on social media, you know, they're like, hey, it's the weekend and I have this whole pile of papers to grade from my homeschool. Don't have a homeschool style where you have a pile of papers to grade every weekend. Somehow have the kids be able to check their work or see if you can give immediate feedback by checking it right away. So if your kids do a math test or a math sheet, don't sit for a week on that sheet and then grade it you know, grade it when you're doing this whole bunch of grading, go ahead and give them immediate feedback. My teens, sometimes I do take a day or two to grade stuff, but I try to get a, I try to even sometimes have them grade their own tests because then they're seeing exactly what they got wrong and they're able to, you know, 
really notice the mistakes more than if I just grade it and they just look at the grade on the top and then move on. It helps them see specifically what they didn't understand and then we can go over it. So come up with systems for completed work, for grading, for having a portfolio. And that's another way you can simplify your homeschool. Okay, the third thing I would love to mention about simplifying homeschool is in this area of grades and tracking progress. When your kids are in K through 8th, unless you're required to turn grades into your state or to your school district or whatever, I don't feel personally, I don't feel like there's any purpose for keeping grades. Grades are an artificial uh, thing that's been invented for the public school system so that we can kind of say, you know, pinpoint everyone and where they um, apparently are in the class, right? This kid is getting a 98. Wow, they must, must be really smart. This kid has a 60. They are obviously failing. Well, Sometimes it's really just grading how well you take tests. And so I feel like what's the purpose of grades? Is it really to just see how well our kids are studying to the test or is it to see if they know the material? There are so much, so many better ways to see if your kids know the material than to give them just a standard test, right? There's narration. There's having your kids tell back what they learned. There's when you're sitting next to your child doing math, you know if they understand it or not, right? They don't have to have a math test to know if they understand it. You can see day by day if you need to slow down or reteach a concept. You don't need tests to tell them where they are. So um, K through eight, I don't find a purpose for testing specifically to get grades for every subject. We just keep working on it till we master it and then we move on to the next topic, right? But when your kids reach high school, you are going to want to keep grades because you need a high school transcript and that kind of thing. So consider um, simplifying that whole aspect as well. Um, especially with your teenagers, I would get them involved with keeping their own scores. So my kids all have grading sheets in that three ring binder I was telling you about. And when they finish a test, I grade it, I put the points on there and they record it and keep a running tally of the percentage they have in that course. So when the end of the semester comes and I need to fill out their transcript and keep it up to date, I don't have to do any figuring. I don't have to sit there and do number crunching for uh, you know a whole evening or whatever. It's right there. And I just put it on the transcript. So I will link to our grading sheet that we use. So you, you might want to download this. Keep your kids involved. Make them you know, responsible for their own tracking of their grades. And I think this is a great way to simplify your homeschool and take some stuff off your plate as the homeschool mom. Give your kids more responsibility. The final way that you can really simplify your homeschool and Maybe I should have done this point earlier. This is a huge one, especially if you do have kids in K through eight, and that is teaching multiples together. I would say there's hardly ever a reason to give each one of your elementary kids, even up through grade eight, hardly ever a reason to give them uh, their own history course or their own science course or their own Bible course totally teach them together. This is going to simplify so many things in your homeschool. I would have never been able to homeschool my four boys way back at the beginning if I was doing each one's individual subject, right? So when my youngest was in kindergarten, my oldest must have been in fifth grade, I would have never been able to do, you know, fifth grade history, fifth grade science, fifth grade Bible, and then his sibling, fourth grade history, fourth grade science, fourth grade Bible, and then the next kid, third grade, third, and then the next kid, kindergarten, kindergarten. Like I couldn't have done 
multiple kids with multiple individual subjects. The only things that need to be on a grade level is really math and your language arts, right? Even your writing curriculums, like if you use IEW, those are written with like a grade range in mind. So maybe fourth through seventh can all work on the same writing program. I will link to an awesome writing uh, resource from IEW that my seventh grader has been using this year, and it's written for a fourth through seventh grade span. So this kind of curriculum would be really great to use with multiple kids at once, and then you're not having to teach everyone individually, for example, with writing. And so there are lots of ways to do this. A lot of people do a morning time or a morning basket, or maybe after lunch, you loop through subjects. And you know, the first day that you do school that week, you, everyone does history together after lunch. And this second day you do school this week, you're looping over to science. And then the next day you're looping over to art or whatever. There are lots of ways to do this, but definitely figure out which subjects you can group multiple kids together and also figure out which of your kids can be grouped together. You'd be surprised how, how much can be taught as a group, even if they're not all the same grade. Sometimes we get in the public school mindset that everything needs to be at a certain grade level. And that's truly, um, you know, a public school invented phenomena to be a certain grade level. So we have to move past that and realize we're just, we're just fostering a love of learning. We're teaching our kids. We're curious with them. We're giving them beautiful and rich resources and books. And we're just enjoying learning as a family. They're going to get what they need to get at their grade level, right? If you do this, if you do history together with your first grader and your fifth grader, your fifth grader is going to retain a lot more than your first grader, but that's okay. Your first grader will keep in their minds what they need to at their level. So consider how you can teach multiple ages together for a great way to simplify your homeschool. If you would like some help and resources about this topic, I want you to check out um, different courses I have. They're actually workshops, so they're actually only 25 minutes long, but they give you many action steps and practical ways to implement the information. So I have a great workshop that you can find in my teachable school, and I will link to it in the show notes. The workshop is um, yearly lesson planning in less than an hour. It takes into account teaching multiple ages together, looping, and also the fact of finding open and go curriculum and how if you do these things, you can be done with your lesson planning for the whole year in like an hour and then you're done. Don't spend every weekend on Pinterest finding freebies or, you know, filling out your huge teacher lesson plan book. I mean, that to me is a very complicated way to homeschool. If you're looking to simplify, then you definitely need to put these things into practice and that workshop will help you. I will link to it in the show notes. And I think I also have a coupon for you to get 20% off. So I'll link to it at 41more.com forward slash 98. So I hope this uh, podcast episode has given you a few things to think about if you're really trying to simplify and find ways to lighten the load with your homeschooling so you can actually enjoy it without spending all your time administrating or filling out plan books or getting your red pen out and grading a whole stack of papers. I don't want to spend my time doing any of that. And maybe you don't either. So hopefully you found some nuggets of great ideas here that you can put into practice. Make sure you join us next week. I have Julie from heritageletter.com on the podcast and 
I just learned of Heritage Letter within the last month, and it's a really fun thing to add to your homeschool history. So you're going to want to listen in on that podcast episode. So make sure you join us then. Thanks for listening today. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.